You know, fill you in some information about what he's saying in the book. I can't, I can, it's impossible to read. Basically, he gets jumped when he's a young kid outside a liquor store. And they beat him with pats and bikes. He then comes home a bloody mess. And once inside, his cousin had weapons stashed. Um, he had he put for revenge he put 99 millimeters at his waist and uh, he recognized one of the faces of the attacker and his cousin said I know the place where the guys lived they, they crept up and I Keefy D said that he rolled down the car window and started blasting with an AK-47 baka 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 as the shots went through the windows of the house and continued blasting to the AK-47 was empty put a second clip in and continued to blast until the house was nearly shut shot the fuck down then he was in the car he said he put the pedal to the floor and sped off into the darkness and Keefe said as my luck had it who did I see when I hit the corner the brother of the guy I was looking for who beat me up sorry motherfucker but you're fucking with the wrong motherfucker and then I jumped out the car the gun still smoking motherfucker move bitch the barrel of my AK pointed directly between his eyes. His hands were raided off. His younger brother pleaded, please don't kill me. My cousin, Darlene, Darlene ran in the inside for one, one of the crack houses we had on the block. She was from Grape Street Quitch, well-known crip out the Jordan Down projects in Watts. Darlene said, kill that motherfucker. With the butt of the rifle, I bashed him in the head, knocking him to the back of the head to the concrete. I moved in and started kicking him in the face. From hearing, it was very peaceful after hearing all them gunshots. A little crowd had gathered, including my other friends, Clyde Gangster and Bubble, Clyde Gangster Ben and Bubble Up. They were motherfuckers, like to do, were always on the shit. They said, what up big dog, as one of the homies asked about the blood that was visible on my face, necked and soaked into my shirt. These motherfuckers pulled up at the liquor store, beat me with bats, poles and all kinds of shit. Come on dog, get you home. Well, we hopped into my ride and went back to the pad. When I got home, my sister began shouting at me, Damn, you fucked up, you need to go to the hospital. My sister did her best to stop the with the bandage to stop my blood bleeding more they rushed me out the house and they sped to the killer king hospital 
as the same hospital that later became Martin Luther King Hospital. I made a few mistakes that would catch up with me. I now got into the emergency room for the medical attendant forgot about cleaning the empty gun shell casings out of the car where I shot the house up. Next thing I knew, a few hours later, my why I was laying on the emergency room hospital, the police man had already booked me and was going to arrest me. Welcome to my city, Compton, USA. Welcome to my world. The streets of Compton was a city my parents chose to raise their family but the street life the decisions that I made I tell it's full responsibility and all were mine I don't want you to mistaken get mistaken you know, carelessly paint the picture that Compton was a ultra violent community for everybody most people that lived there were law-abiding citizens in fact, back in the late 60s and 70s, Compton was a middle-class family-orientated paradise for black people. Before moving to Compton, my family and I lived in, lived in Watts across the street for, from uh, middle school, middle Compton in Watts. Our family went on a lucky break when my pops won a bingo contest. $50,000. We went on holiday to Tijuana, Mexico when we were young. $50,000 back then was the equivalent of million pound million dollars today. With the winnings our parents relocated from Watson bought a house in Compton and two brand new cars. When we moved on to our block in 1965 they weren't any other blacks in the neighborhood. The white families that lived there wanted to keep it that way. That's when I observed first hand of the phenomenon known as the white fly is real. Once we moved into that neighborhood White people started fleeing like cockroaches out of the area. My mother was a dedicated housewife who came from a family in Dallas, Texas. I remember my mother and I were returning home from shopping from the Coles Market local grocery store and a car full of big white dudes pulled up in a 56 Chevy and started screaming out the fuck window you fucking niggers you fucking niggers get the fuck out that shit scared me to death I couldn't have been being more than five years old my mum looked at me with that stern but confident look in her eyes her hand was in her purse she said don't, she said to me, don't worry about them. My mother certainly wasn't worried because she um, did her best to protect us, all our, 
us all the time. Another early memory was in 1968. My mother and I were driving on one of her errands, listening to the radio when the programme interrupted CBS Mode Bulletin. Civil rights leader Dr. Martin Luther King was shot at in downtown Memphis Hotel. I could see tears swell up in her eyes. I said, what's wrong, Mama? I didn't fully comprehend the gravity of the situation, but started to weep. It was like they killed one of our family members. They killed, my mum screamed, they killed Martin Luther King. I hadn't seen my mother cry so bad before. That's when I knew the shit in America and the shit with my black people was serious. My dad was a former marine and a strict disciplinarian who taught us good principles. My farmer, family was from originally from Virginia. We were actually blood related to Nack Turner. Um, Nack Turner lived till 1800 to 1831. One of the famous freedom fighters was Nack Turner of the most successful counter-slavery act in US history. It gives me a great sense of pride to know that I come from a hell of a bloodline. Not many people, including black people, can say that Nack Turner is their great-great-great-granddad. I can hardly say that I'm the hardest mother that I can hardly say I'm the hardest motherfucker my family has had since Nack Turner. Nack Turner was the guy who fought, was first guy really to fight back and kill a couple of white people when the slavery was in full uh, holocaust. Basically, he fought off the white people, didn't... He's the one who like broke free and weren't shackled up and got away and killed a few white people. Well, that's pretty good for... And why didn't he become a hero then? Came from the same bloodline as Tupac came from because Tupac had a revolutionary family. Uh, anyway, my grandmother, who was the backbone of our family, may have been a close competition. I remember my grandma calling me and asking me questions. I told her I didn't have the answer to the question she was asking. My grandmother got to going off cursing a little bit. I was like, Grandma, I'm cool. I'm going off and getting off the line. I'm not going to hang up, hang up in your face. I'm going to get off the line. That day, I happened to get a nice side ship shipment, so I had, I had my whole crew on the porch. We were over at a house on Burris Lane in Compton, Southside Compton, Southside Crick Territory in Compton, lived on Burris Lane. You look that up on Google Maps. We could distribute the product, meaning crack or co cocaine. About 10 minutes after hanging up the phone, I saw Grandma pulling up. I was planning on leaving before he got back because he was coming. Damn. 
my older she had so his grandma was a drug dealer and she saw her beat some other man up my my parents moved to California and we lived on Burris Lane that I was one of 12 of six kids two of my brothers passed away my oldest brother Thomas died from leukemia in 1971 my brother Mike who was two years older than me and uh, Bubbles best friend Bubble Up's best friend got shot in the streets of Compton in 1990 Lil Dogs, my little brother who's four years younger than me, followed in my footsteps. In 1980, when I was 15 years old, my mother died from cancer. The same shit I developed in 2014. Lucky for me, during my physical at the doctor's, my doctor asked, are you feeling alright? He had a look of concern. He said, yeah, I'm good. And the doctor said, you sure? He asked, the doubt, looking on your face. Yeah, feel normal. He looked at what was my blood. And he said that he could ease the cancer so I wouldn't ha die. I spent five years going back and forth to hospital with the cancer. I'm finally now cancer free. A bit too bad fans don't like that. Uh, it's going on about a stupid cancer. Don't give a fuck. Right. Contrary to popularity, these young motherfuckers. Crips and Bloods came, mostly came from single parent homes. The Crips started in the late 60s as the Bloods came to Com Compton in the late 70s. Back then parents still had morals and values and, had, and their kids did as well, including me. Such thing as child abuse. There was no such thing as child abuse. For the first 14 years of my life, our family attended church regularly. You would get your ass kicked if you misbehaved and not gone to church. And if you misbehaved at school. Gang members back in the mid-70s were undercover. You might be big and bad on the streets but when the young homie out there were in the house were in the household they didn't play these new street dudes are growing up in houses with both parents that's why they're real fucked up and don't have any respect they mean the guys who are growing up these days have both parents Growing up, we didn't have a lot of gang violence. 
and there were not many Mexicans about in the mid-70s. That became a big problem later. Before I went to the federal penitentiary in 1998, the blacks had dope sacks. By the time I got out the, 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 of the federal penitentiary, the Mexicans had control, basically had to control the drug trade in South Central LA, yeah, past the millennium. The Mexicans, they roll around Compton looking for niggers to shoot. They seen us rolling around in nice cars and they wanted to be like the blacks were in Compton. Back in the late 60s and early 70s, it was... A lot of kids were getting involved with the street life as a way for young blacks to protect ourselves from communities, from the white people who would come in and beat us up. Our neighbourhood, Southside Crip, started in 1971 Our location bordered Long Beach Boulevard and Alondra Street, Alondra Drive, a big highway, and Greenleaf. Basically, our areas bordered Long Beach Boulevard, uh, Alondra Boulevard, Compton Boulevard, all the way down south to Greenleaf. We were initially known as the U.S. Boys. They, in the late 70s, that's when the Pyrus came, the Bloods in the area. The Crips were the most dominated gang back then as the Bloods got started basically to fight back against the Crips. To this day, a bunch of Crips set sin in compton santa block south side nutty block spook down Car caravan block corner pocket a lot of them i don't know the lot a lot of them today as few of us youngsters and and a 10 year old Oh, down. During. He cannot fucking spell, motherfucker. During. Uh, he's talking about an incident he had with a blood, basically. Where he was on his bike and it was Palmer, Palmer Street. He lent a bike to someone in Long Beach Boulevard and we. Basically, he's having the blood. We. Ran into some Ludus Park blood motherfuckers like George, Willie T, Bartender, and Herman Jr. They were all older than us. We were riding on the street and cars were coming in behind us, so we couldn't turn around. Once they saw us, they started chasing us. Willie T caught up to me and shot me in the nose and took my bike. I never forgot that shit. 
During another incident was when some of my friends, Steve Johnson, the little brother of Boston Celtics basketball player Dennis Johnson, we went to Compton College Pool where everybody used to go swimming. While we were swimming, about 30 blood came up to the pool and chased everybody out. One of the dudes, Sweet Tooth, was original Luda's part blood, but he but, uh, turned to being a crip later on. He pointed us and said, they're them little US boys. You shouldn't have been out of that motherfucker. We, we were just nine and ten at the time. Even though we were too young to be in the US bars, I was there in the neighbourhoods and we were about to become crips. Mm. Cannot spell this motherfucker. Right, let's get to the point where one ironic relationship I had growing up was my Relationship with the infamous Shug Knight. I'd known Shug since I was nine years old and I played Pop Warner football together, the Greater Compton Colts and the Compton Wolves back when we were 11, 12 years old, playing on the offensive line and American football. Shug was a very strong centre back. Almost all the guys on our team were Crips, except from Shug. Shug was not a blood at the time. He was very good at sports. Shug's family owned a diesel truck, trucking company business, so they were living the middle-class lifestyle, driving nice Cadillacs, we were playing games every week. His dad, his Shug Knight's dad, would invite the whole team, including me, to their home and make us hot dogs and have barbecues. Shug Knight back then was my dog, meaning friend. One long time, a friend of a guy named Bubble Up. As a young dude, 17, Bubble Up was the guy who uh, was in the driver Cadillac. As a young dude, 17 or 18 years old, was uh, the richest young motherfuckers in Compton when we were back at high school before the drug game got real big. People used to hijack trucks carrying cigarettes and other merchandise bubble up was one of the best at doing these hijackings catching the truck at least once a month he had a mexican friend in santa santa monica give him spirit no he robbed from the mexicans they gave him a hundred eighty thousand dollars per truck I think 
Bubble Up seemingly ha handily contributed to the creation of low jacking. That's hijacking, low jack. Because after a while, they started pulling, putting low jacking on them motherfuckers, and rappers would mention it. One of my best friends growing up was Hoochie. I known him since 1965. We were always together during grade school. Another of my friends growing up was a pretty boy. I'm gonna call C Ray. He knew all the street players and pimps. Pimping Ken Den, Juan Good Game. He liked to be around them. He came from pretty much a well-off family. His mother worked for Mo, a company called Mo Mobile something, and his dad worked for some other company, McDonald's, is it? Which was called McDouglas, but whatever. While the rest of us were running like mercenaries on the street. Ray went to Catholic school. He was my little homie and he became one of my best salesmen for my drug crew when the Southside Crips started moving major weight. Well, that's as good as I can read it for now. So basically, he's not going to... Basically, I've got some problems with this. Especially what he said at the start. Is he just wanted to talk to Tupac. Basically. So he's saying that they weren't going to shoot Tupac. And they rolled up on the side of them. And he started talking to Suge Knight before he shot him. That's not what other people said. Everyone that... If I watch every documentary, but she said the documentaries are bullshit, so I don't know. But I've I've heard others say that the car rolled up behind them as they were driving past and started shooting into the car. And he quickly passed the gun from the front seat to the back seat. That was in his confession. He said that he rolled... So this is different from his confession. He said in his confession that his white Cadillac rolled up and he was in a position to shoot a sugar two-pack so he passed the gun to DeAndre which is freaky and he bitched out saying nah and Orlando quickly grabbed it off then and popped 13 shots in while they were driving past but now Keith is saying that he actually went up to the car and started talking to Shug because all they were gonna do is have a word with him and he's saying that Orlando wanted a one-on-one -on -one fight with Tupac even though he said that Zip give him the gun and other people said that he got a gun from some Southside Crips hideout which is true they have got Southside Crip hideouts in Las Vegas because some guys Puffy's bodyguard or something I heard this from didn't saying that Zip was not involved in any of this. But another... And he got guns from the Southside Crips out in Las Vegas. He got a couple of guns. So that's what... 
So different people are saying different things. But he's saying that he, he didn't want to kill Tupac. But then he said, Zip said, take care of this business, which was that million dollar contract that Puffy said he had. So you don't know what to believe in this motherfucking shit now. Um, I still believe uh, Orlando shot him, but I don't believe that it... They, I don't believe what he's saying in this book. I think he's using it as a kind of uh, self-defense kind of claim. I don't know what he's saying because I haven't got to the bit where they shoot him. But obviously he's going to say that he talked to him first and they incited the situation or something so he shot, he started shooting because of that. He's probably going to say they had a fucking gun or something on him and they, they, they started shooting at them so they shot back. Um, probably something like, I bet you that's what they say in the book, that something like Tupac got a gun out and started shooting at him or something, which is Tupac didn't even have a gun or a bulletproof vest on. Um, so I just think they came to shoot, as soon as his nephew got fucking jumped, he, he came to fucking shoot Tupac. He, he, he shot Tupac. That's what their intention was. They were waiting at 662 to shoot him, but there were too many guys outside 662, so he knew he was on the way, so they went out looking for him and saw him and shot him. They are just using that self-defense thing. I'm not going to say anything about the guy, because I don't know him personally, but obviously he took away one of the greatest. He is the only man alive who is directly responsible for one of the greatest not being here anymore. And... In making money off a fucking book. Um, and the book is... Do not buy this book. Whatever you do, don't buy it. It's the shittest fucking read. I mean, you'll find out a lot of things. You'll find out a lot of things, just like I said. But the reading is absolutely bullshit. I can't believe it got published. Because the fucking... The letters are like... There's full sentences with no spaces at all. So you don't not know what he's fucking saying. I have to closely look. It's so hard to read it because there's hardly any spaces whatsoever. There's no spaces. Not I've never wrote like that. I mean, it's like a fucking kid in reception writing. I don't give a f yeah, fuck where... He comes from that that doesn't fucking mean shit you can come from a bad background and that doesn't tell, tell you how clever you are or anything like that so that's a bunch of bull what why the fuck would, didn't and he's lying basically in this book as well so you don't buy this book because he's lying about if you want to hear about his life I'll, I'll read it as best as I can but it's absolutely, uh, completely full of shit about a lot of things. Anyway, I'll try and, uh, read some more of it in the next episode.